Hello, guys, and welcome back to Barrel State Podcast. Uh, this is episode number five. Made it all the way to episode five. I am your host, uh, Brandon Vincent, and uh, I am super glad that you guys are tuning back in, and I appreciate all the the uh, the listeners out there that are listening to uh, this podcast. Um, today, I am fi- flying solo. We will have uh, more guests in the future, but today it's just going to be me. Uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, topics that have kind of dominated the uh, the news headlines from around the state. So uh, hopefully we're talking about some things that you guys are interested in uh, hearing or, or talking about. And please, if you have uh, some opinion or a comment that you'd like to add in uh, to the show, please comment on our Facebook page on the uh, Barrel State podcast. Uh, feed there with the video and um, I would be you know glad to, to add some comments and some opinions into some of our uh, future shows so next week guys we'll try to bring another guest in and have another you know interview and conversation uh, but today guys we're going to spend some time talking about a few things number one we're going to be uh, really diving into the the governor's plan to reopen the state uh, when it comes to the virus and how you know we are getting set to kind of move along the the this process of reopening and getting back to normal so we'll talk about that a little bit uh we'll also spend some time talking about college football we dove into that a little bit last week in episode number four so we'll spend some time uh talking about that and then uh finally we will talk a little bit about uh the last dance documentary so this is the documentary that espn is uh, released and it's become pretty popular so we'll talk about all three of those things today uh, during this episode so please stay tuned make sure you're listening and um, like and share uh, this uh, this video or podcast uh, we, we'd love to to bring in more listeners and uh, a bigger audience so please if you enjoyed this uh, episode or some of our past episodes please like and share uh, below so uh, let's go ahead and get into topic number one and that is uh, the, the, the pandemic, you know, it's kind of dominated our, not only this podcast, but a lot of the news, uh, cycle for the last several weeks, um, until all this clears up, I think really where there's nothing else going on. So it's going to dominate, uh, a lot of what we talk about and, uh, you know, what the news and things are talking about as well. So my question today, and to start the conversation a little bit, um, and please, if you have something, uh, that you'd like to respond to, please comment in the uh, the comment section below. But um, I think uh, one thing that I've wondered about for ever since this has started is how long is this is going to last, and when uh, will we get back to normal? Is it something that we, you know, are are permanently in? Is this uh, like kind of like nine eleven, where it's changed the way we do things? Is that? I mean, it, I can see that happening. I don't know if it's if this changes when we get a vaccine, because I think a lot of the things that people are saying are, you know, even if we, whenever we get past this uh, particular virus, um, the United States and in our public health system and everything, we, we weren't prepared for this in the first place. So is this, since we weren't prepared for COVID-19 coronavirus, do we, do we have to social distance uh, to prevent other potential viruses and things that could come along in the future from spreading. I, I, I don't think that it's, 
you know, to that point, you know, I, I think that we could come up with a uh, with a uh, vaccine um, within the next year, and I think that we will see us eventually get back to normal life. But I, it's not crazy to think, you know, in as much as that's happened in the last couple months. Who knows what's going to happen, but it's not crazy to think that this could be something that kind of changes the way we do a lot of things, changes the way we maybe do uh, mass gatherings, the way that we do greetings, the way that we, you know, go to restaurants. All this could potentially be our, a, a new normal. I don't think that's really sank into a lot of people, and uh, I think, you know, even myself included, sometimes I just think that there's going to be a, a like a light you know switch that that turns on and we're go from you know where we're at right now to everything's back to normal i just don't think it's going to happen that way i think that you know you've already kind of seen a lot of you know organizations even the governor have, have started to release their phase plan about how we go from uh, taking basically baby steps to reopen the economy reopen the state and i think just society in general that's the way that things are, are going to eventually happen but the, 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 do those you know do those phases actually lead back to the way we were living our lives before i don't know I, I we'll have to wait and see but it will be interesting to see you know are we going back to the way that was normal back then or are we headed towards a new normal where social distancing and you know um not shaking hands and not greeting people the way that we used to is that is that going to be a new normal so we'll we'll see it'll it'll definitely be interesting uh to see how people react after uh the states and economy and everything opens back up now speaking of the governor the governor this past week has uh released some dates for uh a phase plan to open the state back up and reopen uh the economy so we see, uh, just looking at the dates here, it looks like May 11th, uh, they are opening uh, manufacturing back up. So most manufacturing businesses will be back open and running. Construction, auto dealerships, professional services, uh, and horse racing without fans, obviously. So May 11th, that'll be the first uh, initial phase of the reopening plan. And then May 20th, uh, they have stated that retail, in-person church services will, will be opening back up. So that's good news for uh, a lot of people that are missing their, their church families and, and, and gatherings on every Sunday. And then we have uh, May 25th, uh, they've announced that social gatherings of 10 or more barbershops and salons will be uh, allowed to open or, or to happen. So. We definitely have a plan, which is good news because uh, a lot of the times, whenever these things happen, it's it seems like you know just having that plan and having that uh, you know certain date to look forward to. And not, not saying that we've ever dealt with anything like this, but anytime there's like a you know serious event, like I remember back from whenever we experienced 9/11, just having that you know initial response to you know cleaning up the the disaster and everything was just it was it was comforting to some people knowing that you know we have you know lives that we're saving we have people that were um you know 
<clears throat> helping and, and things like that. So it was it was good to know that we had something to look forward to. We had sports to look forward to. We had things to kind of get our mind off of that tragic event. So I think with this particular uh, tragic event with the, the, the virus and the pandemic, just having those, you know, reopening dates to kind of look forward to and know that our lives are, are going to eventually get back to some type of normal um, is, is comforting uh, in, in the least. So um, those are the three dates. And also, guys, I was looking uh, this this morning and I saw that Governor Bashir has uh, stated that restaurants could potentially open uh, in, in June. So that's also uh, nice to know that, you know, we could eventually – you know, within the next couple months, be back to uh, getting out of the house and, and going to restaurants, which I think is a big deal because a lot of people are are, are relying on the those customers and things and, and having those dining rooms open uh, to keep their businesses running. So all the small business owners out there that have restaurants and things, um, they're they're holding on with with carry out and takeout, but uh, they're still not running at full capacity. So getting those restaurants back open, I think, is super important for a lot of these uh, small businesses around uh, around Louisville and around the state of Kentucky. So even when everything opens back up, we've talked about, you know, what, what will be the new normal. And I think we'll see that a lot in restaurants as well. We'll see uh, social distancing. You'll see tables spread out more than what, you know, we've seen in the past. Uh, they'll probably have to start limiting the number of people in restaurants. So you might not get to have the, the full, you know, dining room open uh, like it's, it's been in the past. So it'll be interesting to see how restaurants handle that once uh, they open back up. And I think the final thing that we've, uh, well, a lot of people have, have wondered about is how does a vaccine uh, change this you know obviously if we had a vaccine we could uh, prevent a lot of people from spreading uh, the virus to new people and it would it would make a lot of uh, people immune to the, the disease that could get the uh, the vaccine but does a vaccine actually change um, like I said how we we do things you know there's um, when you when we have the flu vaccine that people get, I mean the flu is constantly changing strains strands, and you know we are reluctant to ever actually get rid of the flu. So uh, the the flu is is always an issue every single year. So is this going to be something like you know the flu when it comes to uh, the coronavirus, COVID nineteen? Is it constantly going to be changing where we have to deal with, you know, coming up with a new vaccine every year, similar to the flu, where we're gonna have deaths and people hospitalized every winter and, and, and you know, fall. We'll see, I, I hope not. I hope that this is something that, you know, we come up with a vaccine and it's it's pretty much eliminated. That's, that's what my hope would be. And I'm sure that's what your all's hope is as well, but uh, definitely, you know, will be interesting to see what happens with that and how that changes, uh, you know, the, the the course of this virus. And I really don't see our lives, you know, being back to normal 
until that vaccine is created. I mean, you can you can social distance, you can do, you know, certain things to, you know, prevent the spread and the effectiveness effectiveness of uh, the disease. But I mean, until you have that vaccine, it's it's hard to have you know thirty thousand people at a athletic event, or you know ten thousand people at a concert. It's just hard to imagine that that's ever going to happen until you have some type of defense in place to prevent people from getting it. Let me know what you guys think. Like I said, uh, please comment in the uh, comment section of the video. Let me know what you think about how this plays out and what uh, you think the, 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 you know, the game plan is here for getting back to normal. So let's talk about a little bit uh, or something a little bit more uh, positive. And we talked about this a little bit in episode uh, number four, and that's college football. A lot, uh, when you look at, you know, the course of the, the athletic, calendar and in this the schedule college football really is the next kind of big thing coming up uh for most sports fans and i know in the state of kentucky uh we don't really have an nba team that we follow some of you might but for the most part kentucky is not a real professional sports state i mean we have nfl fans and nba fans obviously but College football kind of really dominates the the news cycle uh, in the state of Kentucky when it comes to uh, fall sports and, and really summer, you know, because leading up to college football, you have a lot of uh, news leading up to the, the beginning of the season. So uh, the University of Kentucky has announced a reopening plan of their own, um, and we saw this past week that the university has announced that they plan to reopen uh, the campus to students in August. So this would mean uh, school would resume as normal in the fall for the, uh, the uh, upcoming fall semester. Now, President Capilouto has stated that UK has uh, created teams to address concerns and safety precautions going forward. And plans to release those plans by mid-June. So this is definitely positive news for uh, those that are, you know, excited about the upcoming college football season. And I know in the grand scheme of things, college football might not be that important. And it really not when it comes to helping, you know, save people's lives and helping to prevent the spread of uh, this virus. But for those that are looking forward to some type of, you know, entertainment sport um, coming up in the fall, it is definitely good news to see that uh, the university is making plans to go ahead and reopen. Because if they, obviously, if they didn't have students on campus starting in the, the summer uh, or opening up the campus to students for the fall, there would be no way, obviously, to play uh, college football at least for the regular, what they, you know, the regular scheduled season, they'd have to move it to either later in the fall or spring. And I don't know about you, but that does sound pretty uh, encouraging uh, that we'll likely have some type of college football this year, even if they don't have it in 
the fall, um, just knowing that they're already making those plans to reopen uh, as early as August does get, you know, give me some type of confidence that, you know, we won't just be missing out on college football entirely this year, which I think is really exciting for all the Kentucky fans out there because, as you know, and what we've talked about in uh, the last episode, Kentucky's actually pretty, you know, set up to have a nice season this year. They have a lot of pieces coming back. They didn't lose too much, and they have probably one of the best defenses uh, or set up to have one of the best defenses that they've had in a long time. So definitely excited about the upcoming season, and it would definitely be a shame if uh, we were not able to have uh, a college football season this year. I think the question becomes, you know, really when you look at the situation, you know, will the SEC and NCAA allow fans uh, in the stands when they do decide when the season's going to start? I think we're going to have a season eventually, but do they have stadiums with, you know, 30,000 fans in attendance is the question. I don't know. And, and we just talked about that with the vaccine. I, I don't know how they decide to do that until there is some type of vaccine, and we might be, you know, a year away from that. So even if they, you know, even if they decide to move college football to the spring, there's no vaccine. There's no real, you know, uh, defense against spreading this virus. Do we even have fans? And I know in the, the college uh, world of, of athletics, a lot of these this income and, and money uh, that is raised through these Sports comes from attendance and uh, the fans actually attending uh, the games. It's not really, I mean, they do make a lot of money from their TV deals, but it's not as much as like you say the NBA and NFL and things make off of their um, their deals with TV. So I think that's why it makes having fans uh, in the stands, super important for college football and, and other college athletics because the the money that they bring in is very dependent on having those those fans actually attending and coming to the games, especially for the smaller schools that aren't even on TV that much. Now, the NFL, the NBA, I think that those those uh, leagues can function and, and still survive with just having the games on TV and not having fans in the stands. And you might see that. You might see Major League Baseball. You might see the NBA finish their season uh, without fans. But I think it will be super hard for college football and other college athletics to do that. So you hear proposals. You hear people talking about, you know, we'll have the season without fans. Uh, but I'm really reluctant to, to think that that's going to happen just simply because of how much money is involved and how much, um, you know, how expensive it is to really have these uh, these teams play without having, you know, fans coming in and, and bringing in money for the athletic department. And we talked about last time about how, you know, important it is for football and how it kind of funds everything else when it comes to college athletics, especially for the uh, the, the smaller schools. 
Now, the NCAA itself has released a three-phase reopening plan uh, to returning to college athletics. So, like I mentioned earlier, it is it's good news at least to know that there is some type of plan going forward to kind of open things back up uh, to no, to the the new normal that we will have. So, phase one uh, of the their reopening plan is. Uh, basically where we're at right now, continuing to social distance, uh, n- no more, uh, you know, gatherings of 10 or more would be uh, avoided, and virtual meetings are encouraged. So phase one kind of is where we're at right now. And then moving to phase two would be continuing to social distance. Uh, they would allow or not allow gatherings of 50 or more. So you could have 50 People or less, but 50 uh, or more would be avoided. Gyms would continue to stay closed. Non-essential travel uh, can resume. So we would continue much of what we're doing now, but then we would have, you know, more people would be allowed to gather together, um, and we would have a little bit of uh, more traveling involved for athletics. And then finally, face uh, three would be uh, where we take precautions for the, the vulnerable student athletes. Uh, so those that are healthcare uh, or not healthcare providers, but people that are, uh, their immune systems are compromised. We would continue to have them social, social distance to avoid them getting any complications from the virus. Uh, and then we would be able to resume in-person interactions, gyms, and common areas uh, would be able to reopen, and we would be able to resume unrestricted staffing. So that phase three really is where we need to get to before uh, we can even think about uh, starting a season of college football. Another real question that I have regarding how this affects the virus affects, you know, sports and athletics, especially for college football, is I wonder how if they do decide to move the season and they have to postpone it to uh, the spring, I wonder how this affects recruiting and signing days uh, in December and February. Because those that are not familiar, they've actually moved the uh, national signing day, the initial, the initial national signing day uh, to December. So it used to be in February, which they still do have a day in February. But now we have uh, the first round of signings in uh, December. So if they move uh, the college football season to start in uh, January, and you're going to have kids having to commit to schools, especially if they don't move signing day uh, in, in December, whenever the season hasn't even started yet and we don't know who's coming back, who's going pro, who's had a good season, we, we won't know any of that. And I, I know that that might not have a ginormous effect on players' decision, but it, it will cause some type of, you know, confusion and, and mix-up for some of these high school athletes that are trying to decide on where their best option is to get playing time for uh, next season. It'd also be interesting if they move – uh, the season to the spring about how this kind of overlaps with college basketball and some of the other sporting seasons. And you have uh, March Madness, so the the college fo- the college football season would be 
you know, wrapping up right around, you know, March Madness and, and college basketball starting. Biggest time of the year for college basketball. We want, you know, most people, especially from a financial standpoint, wouldn't want uh, college football overshadowing the biggest time of the year for, for college basketball. So it's, it, it's a mess, really, when you think about having to move any type of season like that. But moving it to the, the spring, I think, would work for college football, but it might not um, work out the best for all the other sports. So we'll stay tuned, and we'll see kind of how this plays out. I, myself, guys, am super excited about the college football season, and I hope that we are able to have some form of uh, the season, even if it's not uh, starting in September like it uh, should should have. So we'll see how it, it plays out in the next few months. Now, guys, let's move on to uh, another topic. And one thing that I've seen on social media, we have uh, you know, Tiger King happened. We've, we've had some other things that have happened over the course of the last uh, month and a half um, when it comes to, like, shows and things uh, on Netflix and on TV. But I don't think we've seen quite as big of a following uh, for any show as we have uh, recently for uh, The Last Dance, which is this new documentary series on ESPN that has uh, showcased the rise of uh, Michael Jordan in Chicago coming from, you know, North Carolina and then uh, eventually uh, becoming what he is in the NBA and as a uh, Chicago Bull. So I actually uh, had heard a little bit about this before the series started. I'd seen some advertisement, advertisements for the, the documentary, and um, it looked very interesting. And I will say that for those that haven't seen it, uh, it is really good. I mean, it, it is – if you're, you know, a Jordan fan, which um, I was born in the 90s, so growing up I, you know, was – I was younger – uh, whenever Michael Jordan was playing, but I still remember, um, you know, him being kind of um, in the news all the time and and watching his his games. Whenever I got a little bit older, to actually, you know, know what was going on and, and becoming a basketball fan. Um, so it, it's it's kind of one of those things where um, a lot of the people that are watching this series are just now learning about who Michael Jordan was and you know how he was you know, the greatest player in the NBA of all time, really. So those that haven't followed along, um, they are airing two episodes every Sunday. So it's a 10-part series, and they have already released six of the 10. So you still got a few more weekends uh, where they're going to be releasing uh, new documentaries. But they also have put those uh, documentaries on uh, the ESPN app. So if you have a smart TV, if you go to the ESPN app, you should be able to pull up uh, the the old episodes. So episodes one uh, through through six. And I say, like I said, it's very good, and um, it does showcase um, the rise of Michael Jordan and how he went from kind of a young kid in North Carolina uh, and um, eventually becoming the greatest player in the NBA. My biggest takeaway just from watching the the episode so far is that, you know, Michael Jordan is, is probably one of the, the most competitive, biggest competitors that we've we've ever seen in any sport, really. 
and you you see just how competitive he is at everything, whether it's golf, whether it's you know his time, you know, in, in trying to 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 make it in baseball, to even just playing like silly games with the security staff uh, before the games. It's just everything he did. He was just a massive competitor. He didn't want to lose at anything, and I think that's really kind of uh, what makes him so great is the fact that every single game that he played in he was just the he he just wanted to win he never took a day off i think a lot of people can you know that are looking for some type of inspiration in all this uh mess that we're in right now is just that if you're wanting to be successful whatever you do entrepreneurship business school your career, whatever you choose to do, is to develop that type of like competitive mindset. That that type of like mindset where it's you're not you're you're not giving up no matter what. And every single day you're going out there uh, to just crush the competition. And that's what he did. You know, you could just tell it from tell that that's his personality and mindset even from the first episode, you know, so there's one takeaway. It's definitely that, that, you know, his, his level of uh, competition and his, you know, will to win is just kind of second to none really. And I think that's, it's super interesting to see, you know, that's what drove him uh, even whenever he had already had two, three championships, he still had that, that urge to keep going and to keep competing and, and trying to win another one, you know, every, every single year. I do wonder though, you know, watching this documentary and it, it's kind of funny to me, you know, that you see all these younger athletes that are recently in the NBA or some of these younger kids that are talking about uh, watching Michael Jordan um, and Air Jordan and Jordan's the, the shoe brand and the clothing brand has be, it's become its own fashion, you know, icon. So um, I do wonder if these these kids that are talking about the the documentary or these some of these NBA guys that have been watching it and uh, tweeting and talking about their reactions to the the episodes. Um, I wonder if this is like their first actual you know, interaction or not, that's not a bad word, or that's a, that's a bad way to put it, but I wonder if this is their first, like, experience learning about, you know, how Michael Jordan really was. Because, you know, a lot of these kids, they're, they're not going back and watching his uh, full games from the 90s, and a lot of these, these kids now that you see recently in the NBA, they're, you know, I was, I'm 27, and, you know, that's, pretty old for an NBA player, really. You see most guys are, uh, you know, right out of the, the their uh, colleges. So a lot of these guys are younger, and they might not have ever even actually seen Michael Jordan play. So it is funny to me to think that, like, a lot of these guys are talking about, you know, how much they respect Jordan and that they've been wearing Jordans their whole life and, they're you know, wearing Jordan brand clothing and all this, but they really didn't even know about, uh, the actual player that Jordan was. So I, I, I do think that it's it's good for a lot of the people that, you know, they always hear, especially these players that idolize 
you know, um, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. And you always hear those two being compared to Michael Jordan, but they really don't know what that comparison is because they don't know who the real Michael Jordan was. And I think this is starting to give some of those younger players, younger athletes uh, that have just always been told the comparison between some of those guys. They're actually starting to get a, a, a real grasp at, like, who Michael Jordan was and how great he was uh, during his span in the NBA. So if you have not seen it, I would recommend it. It is really good. So go to uh, ESPN.com. I believe the, the episodes are on there. Uh, and I, and you can also go to the ESPN app if you have a smart TV uh, to see the episodes. And I will say that uh, they do have two different versions. There's like a uh, TV MA version, which is an uncut, uh, like not for kids version of the show. Uh, and then there is a edited version uh, as well. So make sure you're pulling up for kiddo out there. Make sure you're pulling up the uh, the appropriate version. Uh, final topic, and uh, this is concerning to me because I'm not a bug guy. I mean, I, I'll kill the bugs, uh, you know, for for the wife and the kids. If if there's a spider, or there's a there's a hornet or whatever. But I'm no, I'm not. I I just don't like, you know. Who does though? Who likes bugs? But one thing that I saw this past week is concerning because I don't know if you've seen this, you know, news release about these murdering, what are they called? Murderer hornets. But I mean, come on, what the hell is a murderer hornet? Have you guys seen these things? I mean, these things look like they could, you know, pick up a small child crazy i mean haven't we been through enough with uh this virus and and the pandemic here that now they're going to throw these murdering hornets at us i mean wherever these things are coming from we i mean we need to lock this down asap because we we do not need these murdering hornets flying around in our state so they we need to put up some nets I don't know what we need to do. Go get some raid. But, man, we do not need these things flying around in Kentucky. I think they said that the first – they spotted one in, like, Washington. So, they'll stay – they got a long way to fly, but hopefully they, they stay on the, you know, the West Coast because we don't need them over here. We need to figure out – you know, we need to get on top of this, figure out how to prevent these things from getting here. I just saw a video this morning, I think it was on TMZ, one of these things was attacking a rat or a mouse or something and just killed it right there. No way. Do not want that here. So, if you see one of those things flying around, you know, notify the people immediately. Whoever, whoever's in charge of keeping these things from, from spreading, you know, let's, let's lock this down because telling you guys and they're saying that like next next spring we're having um the the what are they called the cicadas those big annoying bugs that fly right at your face those things are supposed to be coming back too my lord guys what what's going on 
craziness. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And like I've always said, guys, I appreciate everybody that has tuned in and listened to uh, the podcast. Next week, guys, I hopefully will have a uh, another guest joining the show. So stay tuned for that. And please like and share uh, below. We're trying to, to, to spread this podcast as much as we can uh, and, and grow our audience. So uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please like and share uh, below. Uh, and comment if you have something that you uh, would like to, to add to the show or if you have an opinion uh, that you'd like to add into uh, the podcast, please comment below and we'll try our very best to mention that in uh, some of our upcoming episodes. Well, guys, it has been real. This has been a great episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, this will do it for episode uh, number five. And please stay tuned next week for episode uh, number six. See you guys later. Bye-bye.